The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We've got our take cannons loaded and ready. ready. Absolutely dominant on deep routes, absolutely dominant on short the routes. boys are back, back. Excellent separation against man coverage. This is Reception Perception, the show. Yo, what's cracking, everybody? James Coe, Matt Harmon with you. You are listening to Reception Perception, the show. Matt, how are you doing, pal? Doing good, man. You know, we're uh, five weeks in here at week five, and, you know, I feel like we've got a pretty good grip on uh, some of these teams so far. Uh, you know, there's some a lot of things to break down today, so, uh, you know, I'll waste no times with you know pleasantries <laughs> and, and things like that. We've got, we got a lot of stuff to talk about, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Man, I tell you what, this is the point of the season where it's like you might be three and one, you might be one and three, and it's like, man, if you are one and three, oh and four, this is an absolute you gotta win this week or your season yeah. is toast. And I'm saying that speaking from experience, because as we mentioned in the last episode, all I needed to avoid was a monster Debo Samuel game to avoid yeah. going oh to God. one that and three. Was... <laughs> oh God. I was so bummed. I'm like, Jalen Ramsey, my God, can you make the tackle? Can somebody make a damn tackle on Debo Samuel? Uh, that was matter. a rough Monday night game um, overall. Uh, you know, oh, just awful. Rams suck. Uh, pretty terrible overall. <laughs> and, and yeah, I, I texted you immediately as soon as Debo just <laughs> ripped <laughs> Because, of course, like I said, I always hate talking about games that are, you know, going to happen after yeah. the recording gets published. Right, but right. I'm glad we talked about the Debo and hopefully people got a kick out of the fact that you're they knew for sure that your heart and soul were ripped out of your body just, when Debo did that, man. It's, just he is ripped just, right out. He's so good. He, he's so good. And he's such a model breaker in just every way that yeah. when that happens to you, you just have to be like, well, yep. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I, one of my my one of my colleagues at Yahoo texted me and was like, "Do they throw to anybody else other than Debo?" I'm like, "No, actually, yeah. Like the <laughs> targets are pretty even right now. It's just it's just that Debo does stuff like that." Jesus, it's splash plays, man. Just splash play after splash play after splash. Hey, we're actually going to talk about uh, one of his teammates there in George Kittle, who is not making any plays whatsoever. But the theme of today's show, I, I kind of want to talk about surprising you know, starts to the season um, and where we kind of project them moving forward because we're just about a quarter of the way through. And by the way, if you go to the website, receptionperception.com, Alex Gelhar kind of tackles this whole thematic issue here uh, in his mm. RP notebook. Um, so we're going to talk about Kyle Pitts, George Kittle, a couple of quarterbacks in Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. 
and a couple of wide receivers as well. And I just want to get right into it. Can we talk about Josh Reynolds? We talked about this before we started recording. I said, Matt, did you realize that Josh Reynolds is the wide receiver 25 in full point PPR? That is an absolute stunner to me. Um, yep. Didn't see, didn't know that one. Uh, did not know that one at all. Obviously had a big game last week, you know, in that big barn burner, the great Jared Goff, Geno Smith heater, uh, which yeah. was almost a hundred total points. So Crazy. obviously a lot of it's going to be inflated by that one individual game, but look, dude, the lions are just like a fantasy dream right now. Um, yep. They're not going to be a great real life NFL team, but you know, they, they're, they're perfect, dude. Right. I mean, from a pass rate <laughs> standpoint, they're much higher than I think people would think, you know, um, well, pass rate, like in neutral situations, uh, they're, they're, they're up there in 2022. Like, and we know they play fast. Um, we know that their defense stinks. That's the key, right? Is that they're going to score points and they're going to allow a lot of points on the other side. So, you know, really I'm, you know, I'm talking about in neutral situations, you know, they're, they're kind of not towards the top of the league, but they're hardly ever in neutral situations because <laughs> their defense stinks. So they're throwing the ball a lot. They're, they're, they're running a lot of plays on that side of the ball. And then their defense just can't stop anybody. And that's kind of, you see that with rebuilding teams, right? Where, they've got dudes on the offensive side of the ball that are kind of established at this point, you know, like I'm on Ross St. Brown. He missed this last game, but like he's established. You know, I think TJ Hawkinson, he might never live up to his draft status, but he's established. Deandre Swift established mm -hmm. Jamal Williams established even Jared Goff. He's established as average, but he's an average, you know, pro <laughs> I don't even think he's played that well this year, but like he's an average quarterback. Right. Um, <laughs> right. Then you look on the defense They've got guys that they're hoping develop, but then they've also got a ton of goofballs over there. They're kind of in that part of the rebuild where, all right, we feel pretty good about our offense, but they can't really feel very good about their defense at this point. So they're they're going to have guys like Josh Reynolds pop up for random games like uh, or random stretches like this, not just because of the injuries, but because of the construction of the team. I was very impressed um, with Jared Goff actually last week against Seattle, and, and I get it, absolute just – Anything that you want to throw out there, just go ahead. You know, it's like everything was sticking, man. Uh, but Josh yeah. Reynolds, again, Amon Ross St. Brown out of that ball game. Josh Reynolds. Hey, DJ Chark also. DJ Chark missed that game too, right? That's so like, right, yes. He's, he has been their clear cut, no doubt about it, number two receiver. Like from a snaps played standpoint, a routes run standpoint. But now at this point, you know, Josh Reynolds has passed up DJ Chark. I mean, mm -hmm. dude, here's the thing about DJ Chark. He's not that good. Like, um, <laughs> I know that he got, he weirdly right. at different, at different points of the year, got like some fantasy hype, uh, in probably in like deeper best ball circles, stuff like that. Yeah, but right. You know, he hasn't, he had a really good 2019 season, or I think what I would call like a really promising 2019 season in reception okay. perception in 2020, he was terrible in 2021. It was even worse in the small sample, obviously before he got hurt. So he really is good at one thing, brother, and that is like go routes and that's it. And that's pretty much it. And by the way, that's all he's been running so far this year. Uh, when you look at his route chart, 36.2% of his routes are go routes this year, uh, DJ Chark. So a very limited player. Um, and, and I think that Josh Reynolds has a chance to continue to have like a role, you know, beyond that. Well, yeah. I mean, you take a look at uh, Chark's success rate versus zone last year, stone worst of among all the players yeah. that you charted and then second worst success rate versus man. So where does this guy win? You know, <laughs> like terrible against zone, terrible against sure. man. 
that's not great, man. Like, you know, you would want this guy to be league average somewhere. No, you're right. It's not ideal. And that's why it's like, they, he, they signed him to a one-year deal, $10 million. It's like, I love when teams do that. It's like, is, is DJ Chark worth $10 million? No, but you're the Detroit Lions and like who gives a shit about $10 million, right? You can right. let you have so much cap room, just light that 10 million on fire and like whatever. <laughs> and I think he can be a, well, and I'm being harsh here, but I do think DJ Shark can be like a role player. And really all they, all they did, um, all, all the only reason they signed DJ Shark was like basically to have him play the role that they want Jamison Williams to play until he gets back. And like, right. I feel like Jamison Williams is a total forgotten man at this point because you know, I was reading our uh, our former colleague, uh, Daniel Jeremiah at the NFL Network, another like LOL <laughs> former colleague, uh, whatever. I, hey, DJ wrote a testimonial <laughs> for reception perception.com. There you go. There so you I'll, go. I'll call I'll call yeah. uh, DJ a good a good Hell buddy, yeah. right? Um, so you know, I was reading your his pal? top my good pal Daniel Jeremiah. Yeah, I was reading his it. top twenty five rookies list on nfl.com today and he's got i think six receivers in the top 25 he's got wow you know, chris chris olave he's ranked number two among all rookies pretty cool to see too bad yeah. too bad chris olave wasn't an early declare man he could have been good um you know he, he was he was number two on the list um garrett wilson and drake london were also both in the top seven overall and then he had romeo dobbs Jahan dotson and george pickens in there and it's like yeah all these rookie wide receivers are popping right like Chris Olave's been real good in fantasy. Drake London has been huge. Garrett Wilson's had monster games. And then it's just like, oh, right, this other guy that was drafted really early, Jamison Williams, is just like chilling in the background, not doing anything. And and of all of the ACL guys, ironically enough, you know, right, like Chris Godwin tore an ACL late last year. The Bucks rushed him right back. Michael Gallup's even back super early from yeah. that torn ACL that he suffered. And Jamison Williams tore his ACL really late, and the Lions are really, really, really slow playing it to the point that they, we might not even see him until like week seven, week eight, may, maybe. maybe. Um, but I feel like all of these guys, like Josh Reynolds having moments, and all of these guys, like, you know, even DJ Chark, the usage that he got for the first couple of weeks, it just makes me really excited to see Jamison Williams. So Josh Reynolds, going back to the topic here, uh, double-digit PPR points in three consecutive games, 21 points last week, 15 and a half the week before. Now, again, has he faced elite defenses? No. Washington, Minnesota, Seattle, I think we can all sit here and say these guys are all bottom third of the league when we're talking about pass defense. But Josh Reynolds, does he have any kind of long-term appeal for you? Yeah, I think he's fine. Like, um, I actually kind of liked his... Um profile coming into the nfl uh in reception perception like as you know I, like a big long lean guy right like he's 6'3 194 pounds um yeah i think he's just like a solid player like he's gonna he's not a star but he can be like a fine number three receiver and look him and jared goff have a lot of history right they That's went right. back they going back to the rams days you know, Josh Reynolds signed a contract with the Titans last year and was sort of like, <laughs> oh, is he going to moonwalk into their number two receiver job? He actually nope. ended up getting cut, uh, right? <laughs> and then he ends up back in, in Detroit. He ends up in Detroit back with Jared Goff again. And it, Jared Goff and him, like, just always end up kind of putting up numbers. So um, I don't know that he has a ton of staying power. You know, I'll see. we'll see what happens when, like, Amon Ra gets back, you know, if DJ Chark gets back, if they – I think there's a chance, though, that he could take DJ Chark's job until Jamison Williams gets back. And then we'll see what they want to do with Williams, like how fast they want to ramp him up. Uh, I've definitely raised my expectations for, for rookies overall this year. But, 
yeah, you look at you look at Josh Reynolds like he's a guy that can get downfield. He's a guy that can win in contested situations. Um, you know, a little bit too. I, I think he's a fine number three receiver. Like you, you could yeah, do a lot worse there. Yeah, I don't know. I'm curious with uh, with Josh Reynolds because again, I do I agree with you. I think he's um, the chemistry or whatever. Uh, he's been productive enough to take over Chark's position as an outside uh, wide receiver, and I think his role in the offense actually becomes even more clear when Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, comes back to the team. Actually, believe it or not, Josh Reynolds has played a little bit inside and outside wide receiver too. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably his best role to kind of sort of be like that flexible uh, wide receiver that could play a little bit inside, a little bit outside. Uh, but uh, look, I'm not saying he's going to be a top 25 wide receiver when all is said and done, no. but he's certainly a name to kind of sort of keep in mind. And again, I have been surprised and I think everybody has uh, by how well the Detroit Lions offense has gotten off uh, to start the the season so i don't know we'll keep an eye we'll stay in the nfc north adam thielen back-to-back good games right 15 plus ppr points uh in back-to-back games do we believe in the resurgence or is the bottom going to fall out uh and does adam thielen kind of sort of come back to earth visually matt when i when i see him i don't really love what i see I don't see a lot of athleticism and he kind of sort of reminds me of a guy that's whose game is really starting to kind of tail off. I mean, with Adam Thielen, number one, he's older, right? Older yes. player. We can expect that. I also wouldn't say he's ever been like the biggest athlete. He wins on like craft timing and technique. That's always who he was um, in reception perception. But I mean, I think that I can totally believe this because here's the deal, man. With Justin Jefferson, we've talked about it on the show. Teams are going to, Every team is going to have a different game plan when they walk in against Minnesota Vikings and they're going to try to stop Justin Jefferson, right? Um, And and sometimes it's going to work, sometimes it's not. Um, I think the spots – and it's going to be hard to to pick pick this out, right? Because in weeks two and four, we saw a similar plan with the Eagles and and the Saints in terms of stopping Justin Jefferson. Like, we're going to take our number one corner and we're going to track Justin Jefferson around the field. Darius Slay is going to line up over Justin Jefferson every single time, and he's yeah. going to cover him. Uh, and with the New Orleans Saints in Week Four, Marshawn Lattimore was going to track him around the field. He's going to he's going to cover him every single time. One time it worked, definitely didn't work so well in Week Four for the New Orleans Saints. Justin Jefferson <laughs> cut him up, which is what he's going to do because he's a great receiver, a top right. five receiver in the game, in, in in my opinion. And and you know, obviously, reception perception backs that up. And then you see other times like in week three, week one, forget that. I don't know what the hell the Packers were trying to <laughs> Packers didn't have a plan. No the Packers didn't have a plan no. uh, for, for Justin Jefferson. And we saw the results there. But then you're going to get times like in the Detroit game, you know, and, and this was my point when we were kind of complaining about the Justin Jefferson, you know, usage in week three and the targets mm-hmm. and the results and all that is like, okay, well, yeah, they dedicated two defenders to him pretty much every snap. And and you know what? Guys like Adam Thielen stepped up and, and they won the game. Um, so I think that we can buy into Thielen being, you know, I'll, I'm, I'll pull up where I have him in the rest of the season rankings. I know I don't, I know I don't have him very high. I, I know mm-hmm. I still have him like fringe. I, I think he might even be, yeah, he's he, right. He's like 44 for me. Um, I got like around the same neighborhood as, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, who's going to, who's going to go up once he gets, you know, closer to coming back. You know, I got, he's in the same neighborhood as guys like Michael Gallup and Curtis Samuel, right? Um, I think you could argue I should have Curtis Samuel higher, but like Hunter Renfro's in this area, these like non-difference making um, wide receiver twos on their offenses who are going to be kind of, I think it's going to be tough to pick the weeks for Michael Gallup. I think it's going to be tough to pick the weeks for Adam Thielen, but 
I, I do think he, I do think we could buy into him still being a pretty good player. Um, there there hasn't been much trickle down in this offense for guys like KJ Osborne or really Irv Smith. Who cares about Irv Smith? Um, because <laughs> because they're not passing the ball really as much as we thought. Like we obviously, yeah. you know, they're about fifteenth in terms of neutral pass rate. That's not I, we probably based on the preseason talk expected a little bit higher. Yeah, look, when we go back to and we talk about Detroit, too, I kind of take a look at Minnesota and I see similar problems. They're not as bad, obviously, as Detroit. Detroit's like, I mean, just giving up. They're like the second worst pass defense in like the stone cold worst rush defense in the NFL. So so a lot of different things going on with Detroit. I think Minnesota, uh, their pass defense, it's real spotty, man, like because their secondary is not good. But they are rushing the passer a little bit well, you know, so it's going to be a little bit of a mixed bag. But I think overall, I would say Minnesota continues to be a team that I think you can pick on defensively as well. That's why I do believe that um, some of these pass catchers for the Vikings do have, you know, again, just like Detroit, they've got staying power because they're going to see volume at some point. Yeah, 15th in terms of neutral pass rate, 15th in plays per game. For the Minnesota Vikings, you know, obviously Detroit, like we talked about earlier, is 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 ninth overall in plays run per game. They're they're a much faster paced offense and switches. I guess probably not what people thought. Um, you know that that, that I think the, I think you might imagine that those two would have been you know flipped, right? Oh yeah, uh, oh yeah. But uh, but still, overall, like it's fine for Minnesota. It's just not quite as juicy as we expected. And you know, I will keep coming back to this with Minnesota it's still Kirk cousins, man. Like it's still at the end of the day, the quarterback for this team is still Kirk cousins and Kirk cousins is fine, but he's not going to ever elevate the situation. And you watch this, you watch this team when it's not perfect. When the situation around him is not perfect. He is never, ever, ever going to like play left-handed, right? There's, that's (laughs) never going to be the case, but okay. It's overall, it's a fine situation. So for guys like Adam Thielen, that's why I'd, I don't want to boost him up into the same territory. And by the way, rest of the season rankings for wide receivers, yeah. dude, it's it's hard, so hard at this point because <clears throat> that tier five, which I, a tier six is where I have Adam Thielen with in like wide receiver forty four. Michael Gallup I mentioned is there. Curtis Samuel's there. Um, you know these guys that are certainly like you can like you can start these players and feel pretty good about it. It's just they're going to be super volatile. The tier ahead of them, you know, it's like that's where some exciting guys are like Romeo Dobbs, you know, uh, uh, you know, Brandon, Ayuk is still in there. Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson, you know, like guys that I think you can have better long-term upside cases for, but um, you know, at the end of the year, if Adam Thielen was to outscore a guy like Jerry Judy, who's also in that tier, I, I guess I wouldn't be totally surprised. Hey man, you are so quick to write off Irv Smith. I am not. I, I think he's a very intriguing uh, I think he's a very intriguing prospect uh, and a pretty good athlete. And and again, when we talk about what Wes Phillips' history is with tight ends and trying to develop that position a little bit, I, I think Irv Smith is going to have a few weeks here um, where he might surprise, man. Uh, and again, it goes back to, can you predict it? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, but I like the usage that they've got with Irv Smith, kind of moving him all around the field. You should shake your head. No, you're like, nah, I'm good. I mean, dude, come on. I guess at the same, he's tight end 20 right now. And I know overall yeah. points are, Hey, he's got more fantasy points than Kyle Pitts. Hey, there half you go. PPR. Golly. So there you go. But I mean, the, Jeez. the gap, the gap between what, like tight end, I, I don't know, 
tight end uh, nine is Tyler Conklin, Will Disley. Those guys are up there to to yeah. twenty five. There's not really a big there's gap not, there. Yeah, there's, there's no gap. There's, at all, yeah. it, and it's like you really you're you're totally effed at the most part for, for tight ends if you don't if you didn't take like <laughs> Mandrews, Kelsey, uh, you know, or Zach Ertz. Like you yeah. and you didn't take like Dallas Goddard or even Gerald Everett super late or Tyler Higby. I mean, Tyler my Higby. God, the hit. The Higby usage is the worst thing on planet Earth. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> you're hurting for tight ends. Maybe Irv Smith becomes that guy. I just, like, I'd like him to do something every now and again. That's all. Okay. Fair enough. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com socks. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Okay, let's stay with the tight end position here. Uh, you mentioned Kyle Pitts. Uh, was featured, actually, in the Reception Perception Notebook, written weekly by our colleague Alex uh, Gelhar. I almost called him Alex Smith for some reason. I don't know why. He's probably going to be super offended when he hears that. <laughs> but Alex <laughs> Gelhar, <laughs> golly, uh, writes a weekly column for us here on ReceptionPerception.com. Uh, a great piece of, um, of football content that I think everyone should go check out for sure. Uh, but he did talk about Kyle Pitts in this one. And he says, quote, in week four, one thing is clear. Atlanta Falcons, Arthur Smith does not give a shit about your fantasy team. No. Uh, and I kind of sort of, I can, I can see that. I can see that. But is there any reason for optimism? Because um, right now, man, it's looking bleak right there in the fantasy streets for Kyle Pitts. I mean, he has 22 targets on the year, which among uh, tight ends is, this is according to pro football focus, by the way. And I know they do their targets a little bit differently, but um, than than most sites, but that's still 10th most among tight ends, which I don't think anyone would, would, it's would say that, but no. uh, it, it's pretty crazy. Um, okay. I, I don't, I really don't know where to start with this. Um you know, he's not running a route on like a ton of the team dropbacks, right? That That's certainly right. a problem. Um, but he's only pass blocking on like 11.5% of his plays, which is not, I mean, it's not great. It's like Mark Andrews, by the way, 0% pass blocking into when he's on the field for a passing play, which is just beautiful, man. Like Mandrews is literally what people thought Kyle Pitts was, right? Like uh-huh. that, that's, yeah, 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 that, yeah. yeah. Travis Kelsey's pass blocking at like 2.6%. Zach Ertz, 2.8%. So, you know, Kyle Pitts up at 11.5%. That's definitely in like the Pat Fryer move, the TJ Hawkinson, the David and Joku range. Um, you know, even Dawson Knox has actually been pass blocking way more than I thought at 13.3%. Um, wow. You know, we'll talk Kittle later. He's at 10%. So um, these guys that are going to stay in, like the margin for error at tight end can be really thin. 
So the fact that he's, you know, doing this pass block and all that stuff, like that certainly can shave off some of the appeal here from just a, a routes per team dropback standpoint. You know, Drake London obviously rules the roost here uh, for the Atlanta Falcons. And you look at Kyle Drake London, by the way, 83.3% of the team dropbacks. He's run a route. Kyle Pitts is like 75.4%. Not, not where you want it to be. Um, but, and now he's got an injury, right? He wasn't practicing on Wednesday. We're recording this Wednesday evening. So Correct. that's a, I, I saw a good joke from Dwayne McFarland who writes for Matthew Barry's fantasy life site. Now he's like, wow, the Falcons are really taking in-game preparation to the extreme here. You know, Kyle Pitts not even at practice. What's the point, right? They don't use him on game day. Um, <laughs> I mean, wow. great stuff there. Uh, but man, can I tell you, can I tell you what? And I, I know this is like sacrilegious for a fantasy person to say right now, James, but okay. I like, I like Arthur Smith's offense. Do you? I do. I do. And, okay. and you know what? You know what? The the results are there, man. They're ninth in yards per drive. They're 10th in points per drive. They are, I, I quote tweeted a video the other day of Arthur Smith, uh, you know, on, like being mic'd up or whatever on the sideline saying, you know what we're going to do? We're going to run the piss out of the ball. Uh, yeah. And 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 they are running the piss out of the ball, they man. Are. They're second in rushing DVOA as an offense. So, which is crazy look, if if you think about their personnel. Like they were establishing the run, boy, and it was yeah. nuts. And they're doing it with just backups. Goofballs. Tyler Algier, Caleb Huntley. Like who are these dudes? They're not dude. And that's they're not even good. Even athletes. Cordero Patterson. Even Cordero Patterson is like a former. You know, this he's a he's not even he's a, a wide receiver. Half a cigarette, man. Like he's barely been a running back in his career. So, I mean, give me a break with this. I almost don't. I almost sit there and wonder to myself, like, I, I certainly want them to get a legit quarterback, right? Like, come on, uh-huh. enough already. I mean, Marcus Mariota has been fine this year, but he had that turnover, and that's when Arthur Smith was like, "All right, I'm never. I'm not passing. Yeah, we're, we're not passing. Game. <laughs> we're not going to throw the ball rest of this game." Um, and, but oh I, but it, so I want them to get a big time quarterback. But part of me is like. I'd rather see this offense with a big time quarterback or a big time running back, man. Cause like, imagine, I mean, Arthur Smith is running the ball in the, in Atlanta. Like he still has Derrick Henry. Yeah. And that, that's totally. how good they are as a Jesus. rushing team. So it's pretty crazy, but look, they're two and two. And I know that doesn't sound like much, but this roster stinks, dude. Like oh, this roster terrible. is horrible. Yeah, and he's awful. got these boys at two and two. Like, I'm sorry that like it, I'm sorry. It hurts your feelings from a fantasy standpoint, but Arthur Smith's offense is good. Like an Arthur Smith is a good football coach. And I think you're just going to, if you have Kyle Pitts in your fantasy team, you're just going to have to eat it. And like, that's that. (laughs) All right. All right. There you go. Uh, Kyle Pitts, by the way, um, if we're just talking about pure volume, he's an interesting buy low guy. He's second in the NFL in total air yards among tight ends. I know. And, I know. and he's top 10 among targets, right? So you're talking top 10 in targets, top two in air yards. These are the volume metrics that we look at. Um, and you can talk about route participation, all those things, all those things of course matter, but pure volume targets, air yards, Kyle Pitts is right there. That's why I still, he's, ah, golly, such an interesting, such an interesting buy low candidate, man. And I Marcus don't know. Mariota, Marcus Mariota dropbacks with play action, 48.7% of his dropbacks with play action, dude. Like leads the NFL by a country mile. I mean, Tua <laughs> is second with like 41.8%. So 
Yeah. There's a you're right though. If they get Pitts going at some point, and I, I think I see that's I don't hate the usage for Pitts like I hated the usage for Pitts last year when they were just having to run out as like an ISO X receiver and you know the the horde is banging down my door like you got to chart Kyle Pitts because they're using him as a real wide receiver. <laughs> you know, so I don't know. Right. Maybe maybe part of that is like why I, I have such an axe to grind with the with the whole with like hey, the Falcons it. offense pretty good. But these, they're only lining him up out wide on like twenty eight point eight percent of his his uh, his passing snaps. Like that's where he's running right. routes from. You know, Travis Kelsey is up there at like thirty two point eight percent. You know, they could certainly do. You know, tr- Tyler Higby. I mean, the great Tyler Higby is twenty four point eight percent. Right. So the great the Tyler use- Higby. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Uh, uh, yeah, you know, they're they're really it. using him more. I think they're they're. I don't hate the usage for Kyle Pitts this year. Like I hated it last year. They're just that he's not out there running routes a ton. Um, this passing offense is just never going to be that good, right? Like, I, I tell you what, I don't think I don't think Arthur Smith is going to be running the piss out of the ball as much he is, as much as he is right now. If he had a real quarterback, he just doesn't have a right. real quarterback. I think that's the biggest problem. I think game script will obviously be a huge factor in that as well. But I, if I could, if I could also just point to this, like we talk about route participation and and th- those type type of things, and and I get it. Obviously, that does feed into the overall. Uh, volume. But when you take a look at like total routes run, okay, I'm looking at like the guys who have total routes run and Tyler Conklin is second on the list, right? Tyler Higbee is third on the list, but then you've got like Logan Thomas, Hayden Hurst, Gerald Everett, Dawson Knox, Evan Ingram, Juwan Johnson. They all have significantly more routes run than Kyle Pitts. But here's the difference. Target rate percentage. Right. So like target rate, Kyle Pitts is being targeted on 28 percent of those routes. So when he goes out, he is one of the primary reads in that passing offense. Right. And and to Mm -hmm. give people kind of a perspective on that, for example, Travis Kelsey has a 27% target rate. Right. So he's right there in terms of, okay, we're talking the elite of the elite tight ends target rate percentage, right? So like when he runs a route, there's a high percentage chance that he's going to get targeted. He's just not running a lot of routes and I get it, but I go back to overall just gross volume. Top 10 in targets, number two in tight end air yards. There is something there. There is something there. And the production just has not caught up to that yet. Um, by the way, Logan Thomas, also another great um, buy low guy, I think, in just terms of volume. But whatever, neither here nor there. Um, but Kyle Pitts, I know. Kyle Pitts, to me, is an interesting uh, buy low candidate, man. And and it doesn't, and you talk about not being fantasy in the pop, uh, not being popular in the fantasy streets. That is not popular in the fantasy streets for sure. So I would make some, so, some offers out there and just see what happens. You know, let's just see what happens. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about, George Kittle. I feel way less secure about George Kittle. What are we doing with George Kittle? Look, I get it. Uh, total points. He missed a couple games, but right now he's a tight end 45. He is trailing Eric Saubert. By the way, George Kittle missed a couple games, not being utilized, has no points whatsoever. Still has more fantasy points than Cole Komet. I mean, <laughs> What are we doing with George Kittle, though? Uh, 
you know, here, here's the thing. It's funny you bring up George Kittle and, and Cole Komet because in terms of uh, early down pass rate, um, you know, you know, early uh, situation neutral pass rate, the two bottom teams right now are San Francisco and Chicago. And it's, you know, it's kind of striking. Atlanta, we just talked about, they're the third from the bottom at 42%. Um, 41.7% for San Francisco, 40.3% for Chicago. We've talked, I feel like we've talked about I don't even know what I what I where where I talk about things anymore. You know, maybe I talk about it in my sleep, but you know, we <laughs> talked about the Bears. Yeah, we talked about it with 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 Darnell Mooney, right? They're like, yes, correct. You know, it, they're not even dropping back to pass the damn uh, the damn Bears. So Cole Komet, <laughs> God, Cole, people were excited about Cole Komet. Do you remember Hell that? Yeah. Hell yeah, he was a top sleeper among tight ends for sure this year. What a joke. Anyways. Um, the San Francisco 49ers, now, if you look at the last two games, right, the games where Jimmy Garoppolo has started and finished, the mm-hmm. 49ers neutral pass rate in those games is about 10% higher than it is overall this year, 51.7%, 18 uh, overall in weeks three and four. It's so bad. it's not bad. Um, the, the, the thing is overall, and, and this team still has, they don't run a lot of plays, they don't pass a lot, and it's just, look, I think the problem for George Kittle right now is that he is he is rather high up there in terms of blocking percentage. He's not crazy high up there in terms of pass blocking percentage, but it's just enough that you're cutting. You can't really you can't really afford a, a thin margin for error in this San Francisco 49ers passing game because they're so low volume. And I think at this point, you know, Kittle is a baller, but it's not really crazy to say that he's the third best pass catcher on this team behind Debo Samuel for sure. And I would argue that Brandon Ayuk is better than, than George Kittle, like mm-hmm. at this point. And that's, but that's not a, a diss on George Kittle because he's awesome, but like right. splitting the targets between these three guys and they're still going to get, you know, like Jawan Jennings involved. They're still going to get some other yeah. guys involved. Um, it is frustrating for George Kittle. And I actually don't, I think you can, tell yourself an optimistic story about Kyle Pitts. Like you just did. Um, it, it might never come to pass, but you can at least tell the story. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the optimistic case is for, for George Kittle. What do you think? Well, I think the biggest thing for me, right. Is the fact that Trent Williams got hurt, uh, for the 49ers and then his backup got hurt at left tackle too. Right. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. So it's like, it's a It's like a nightmare scenario at left tackle right now for the 49ers, but Trent Williams, feels confident that he's going to return relatively soon. Re- I don't crazy. know what that means. I don't know what that means. Um, maybe relatively yeah. soon for him means three weeks. I don't know. Um, but if they can get Trent Williams back, by the way, Trent Williams was freaking awesome for them last year. Yeah. He's a star. Yeah. He's a stud, man. So like if they can get him back, um, that shores up that left tackle position, right? So like what that, what that means is to your pass block rate, you know, percentage that that's going to drop considerably, right? You would think, Hey, listen, man, this, this passing offense, um, at some point is going to get bottled. I mean, they got bottled up week three against Denver. They just completely shut them down. Right. At some point, man, they're going to need George Kittle to make plays in the passing game. Um, so I don't know. That would be my thought. They got to get that offensive line shored up. And if they do, if Trent Williams comes back in like a couple weeks, I think, I think Kittle's got an opportunity then to kind of sort of take off. By the way, by the way, Kittle also dealing with an injury as well, right? So it's it makes a lot of sense always, that he's kind of yeah. yeah, you know, he's always he and he always goes balls to the wall, man. But um, it makes sense that he would also need a little bit of ramp up time 
I can tell myself a story where health becomes a little bit more clear for the 49ers along their offensive line and Kittle is going to be asked to be leaned upon on the offensive side of the football as well. So uh, again, if we're trying to be, you know, trying to look at it with rose colored glasses, man, there, there is a way, there is a path for George Kittle (laughs) to come back, come back to us, George Kittle, come back to us. Last, last point on the Niners. Like they're the inverse of the Detroit Lions. We talked about at the top of the show where Mm -hmm. their defense stinks out loud and the offense just, you know, has to, to just throw, 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 throw to try to keep up, run a bunch of plays to try to keep up the 49ers run the piss out of the ball and uh they their defense is awesome so like that's <laughs> that is a recipe for all of your players to sink below their their <sighs> expect, expectations in terms of production man it's tough too i look at, i look look back at kittle's uh, 2021 game log too and he just has so many of these bad games littered yeah. throughout his game log and then of course then he's got like you know a, a 181 and two touchdowns 151 in a touchdown right like he just gives you these explosion games where that's what you want i've got george kittle in one of these leagues that i'm in and and i know for a fact the week i bench him he's absolutely going off <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's going to be so bad. Yeah, I, I still have George right. Kittle tight end nine in terms of rest of season rankings. And yeah, I don't know though. I, I have David Njoku and Gerald Everett at and Tyler freaking Tyler Higby at like 10, 11, and 12. And I, I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if any of those guys like score more points rest of the way than George Kittle though. So Higby is going to be, he's going to be in, in full point PPR for sure. He's going to outscore Kittle. There's just no way. He's seen so much. It's crazy how much volume he's in. Oh my God. It's crazy. I'm like, come on. I don't understand. Um, okay, let's oh, go to the those quarterback. targets suck. And those are <laughs> the worst targets on planet Earth. <laughs> Tight end screens to Tyler Higby. Oh, my I God. Know. I know. Dude, can we, why don't you just – this is neither here nor there, but why don't you just have that for Allen Robinson? I don't understand. At least Robinson maybe has some juice to kind of get out of a tackle, man. Like, I don't know, maybe. whatever. Maybe, maybe I can't talk. Doesn't. I can't talk about Allen Robinson. It's it's too. I'm 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 dealing with a lot of feelings over here. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, let's uh, transition to the quarterback position here. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, two to, uh, two of the best to ever do it. Uh, but in fantasy, and I get it, Tom Brady had an, an explosion game uh, there in week number four. Okay, fine. But still overall, the quarterback 18, Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback 21. I'm actually, I might be more worried about Tom Brady uh, than I am about Aaron Rodgers. Tom Brady has a lot of things going on. First of all, he's he's got the age, he's got the shoulder, um, he's got problems at home, you know. Um, yeah. Obviously, dealing with some stuff uh, on the marriage front. And again, I talk about this all the time, Matt. These guys are not video game sprites. 
Okay. Um, when they have trouble at home, sometimes that stuff leaks onto the field. And I'm just saying, uh, we don't know about some of those things. Obviously, Tom Brady with Giselle, uh, one of the more high it's profile. Public, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. very much more public uh, than some of these other guys. But no, Tom Brady, obviously dealing with a lot of things. He's got a lot of things on his plate, man. Uh, so I'm a little bit more worried about Tom Brady overall than I am about Aaron Rodgers. But this is the point that I made on my show Fantasy Zone on Sunday. I think if you have Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, I think you're better off right now to, to swap out your lenses and to look at these guys as high-end streamers and not as every week quarterback plays like QB1s. Am I too hasty in saying that, or can you kind of see where I'm coming from? I'm actually surprised that you're more concerned about Brady than Rodgers, because I agree with you on that analysis with Aaron Rodgers. I think I disagree with you about Tom Brady. Um, first of all, let me address the the, the off-field stuff. Have you seen uh, – I am I know you're a dedicated listener to my other podcast, James. But, uh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. Uh, so – you, uh, Dalton Del Don and I were on this first. And actually, I'll give credit. Shout out to my wife for this one. She alerted me to, you know, the theories rolling around on TikTok that um, Tom Brady is now cursed because there, you can find all these old articles where Tom Brady would talk about the fact that Giselle is a witch and Giselle would do these like, you know, protection spells on him and his teammates and all this what? stuff like is that like right? we're talking yes like manifestation and crystals and all that stuff you know my you know my wife she's into yes. all that stuff oh, i mean man. looks oh, like man, is she ever looks like looks like loray caverns in my house with all these crystals here anyways so she alerted me to this theory and yeah okay. i did some digging on i did some digging on it um oh, and i don't God, want I, i've started to see i started to see some other media outlets like put stuff out about this no I love if you're this. gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna talk shit about this tom brady and giselle witch stuff you yeah. better credit me and you know, better credit either the yahoo fantasy football forecast or reception perception the show because i have been covering this before you're on anyone it, else dude. i'm on, on it, it. So anyway, you know, well, first of all, the, the, the great thing about you being on it is that you get it like your wife oh, yeah. is into it. And she's giving you like she's feeding you that insider info, man. I love this. Hit me with it. Come on, man. Give it to me. So 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 Brady in an article and this was published in 2019. I think it was coming out of that Ram Super Bowl. <laughs> um, he literally said or he said that, you know, thank God that um, thank God that I married a witch. Right. He, he literally what? said that to one talking about. I've got to pull it up right now. This is from Dude, an article in, so in CBS, CBS Sports. Yeah, I know. So weird. Um, from 2019. After the Patriots win over the Super over the Rams in the Super Bowl, Giselle let Brady know just how lucky he was to marry a witch. Right after the game, she said, see, I did a lot of work. You do your work. I do mine. She said, you're lucky you married a witch. I'm just a good witch. So. And we know that obviously they're they're in a rough spot now, so it's worth asking. And look, what's happened to the Bucks this year? Cluster injuries at the two spots that affect Brady the most: offensive line and pass catcher. So I'm just saying, like, if you are, I, I buy into that. I do. I, I'm I'm all the way bought into this theory. Whatever. I love it. I um, love it. So there is that. But I will say, from a football <laughs> perspective, before Wait a every second. list. Oh. 
Hold up, dude. Wait, hold up. You're not, you are not going to drop that hammer and then take a left turn, bro. No, you're not doing that. I think we left turned a long time ago. (laughs) (laughs) How are you going to hit me with these crystals in like mercury and retrograde and all this? And then talk to me about how Tom Brady's going to be a top 12 quarterback. What? Come on, dude. Now I'm even, now I'm even more all in. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, I, I don't look, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know how to account for that in my fantasy models. Okay. I admittedly we're, we're, you know, we're working blind here a little bit with the, uh, yeah, yeah. with the effect of, 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 you know, Giselle and the lack of witchcraft in, in Tom Brady's life. Like, we, I don't know, man. I don't know if like, it's just, it's just, it's worth, it's worth asking. Oh and, God. you know, Brady's dealing with like a shoulder injury, a finger injury, know. you know, all this kind of stuff. So That's look, I, I just. Yeah. And so it's like, is Tom Brady cursed? I think it's, it's a question worth asking. However, (laughs) however, it's a a question worth asking. Oh God. Okay. Go. However, what, however you see the results from the last game, look, the bucks, (laughs) you know, they lost to the chiefs, but you know, you got the guys back out there, you know, Mike Evans, 92.5% routes per drop back, uh, Chris Godwin, Mm -hmm. 84.9% routes per drop back. And the numbers were there for Brady. He throws a, 300 yards, I think three touchdowns. So, you know, and even it doesn't even really matter that like, okay, I, you know, mm-hmm. I get the, the weekly, you know, ex- expected after the Bucks game ends, my, my phone goes off notification, Julio Jones status in your fantasy league has changed from healthy to questionable. Well, no kidding. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, so it doesn't right. even matter. Right. Like if Julio Jones is a bit player, like Evans and Godwin on their own. And even with, with Russell Gage as the three there, that's good enough, right? Like that's good yeah. enough for this team to be really, really good. Um, so uh, yeah, I think from but just from pure football perspective, they, they're getting their guys back. Well, and they and they utilize started utilizing Rashad White as a pass catcher, which I thought, which yes. I thought was a, a beautiful move. Yeah, with Rashad White in Week Four, thirty-two point one percent routes per drop back. Um, that was really interesting to see him get some sandal in value, especially because he fumbled on the opening kickoff. You know, they didn't really they didn't send him to like the the nether world. He ended up getting five for fifty on five targets. Uh, did Rashad White? And I think Rashad White has got some juice, man. You know, he's got some juice after the catch, and you know, Lenny has been fine this year. I don't think like Leonard Fournette's in danger of ruin like losing his job, but I mean, he just is another dimension for this team, right? So. Yeah, there's obviously the Tom Brady witchcraft curse factor in play here, but um, I, I do think that from a from a football perspective, he does he's getting his guys back, and that should be good for him in the long term. Yeah, uh, we talk about Rashad White, man. Obviously, um, as a Pac-12 honk, like I, I love this kid, right? Out of Arizona State, 215 pounds, ran a 4.4840, has a 38 inch vertical. You, you you look at that size, you look at the explosive athleticism. Um, and then you talk about the receiving chops. This is a guy that can line up actually out wide in the slot. Like I, in the preseason said, Hey, this guy, you need to draft Rashad white. You need to be able to put stash him on your, on your roster at some point. It doesn't matter. You got to do it. He's got pass catching chops. I, in the preseason said, this guy could be a bigger, stronger, faster James white for Tom Brady. That's how all in I am on Rashad white. And a lot of that looked true, uh, last week against Kansas city. Okay. So you're saying Tom Brady, fine. currently um, available by the way, in, in 32% of Yahoo leagues, uh, that's, is, a sh- it, that's it, shocking. It, yeah. Well, because he hasn't had like a, 
a blow up game and he's not getting talked yeah. about like a, you know he's not Mike Boone right like Mike, <laughs> right 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 yeah, Mike yeah. Mike Boone's getting a big pop because you know he's a he's thirty six percent rostered I I would bet you that like in a world where both these guys get legit playing time you know Rashad White's gonna way outplay a guy like Mike Boone okay so yeah, good it, Lord, but yes you want to be the wolf not the sheep and add these guys before like Le- something happens Leonard Fournette or whatever yeah before the blow up games. Right, exactly. Okay, so you're saying Tom Brady has a chance. He's got all his guys back. I can, I can buy that. Um, I can buy. I don't agree, but I can buy that as Tom Brady. Um, you know, regular QB one. You, you start him every week until otherwise notified. Okay, but you don't agree, or you agree with my take that Aaron Rodgers. It would be much better to just rip the bandaid off from your fantasy team and just say, hey, listen, Rodgers is a stream high end streaming quarterback. Why do you why do you agree with that assessment of Rodgers and not Tom Brady? Well, because, you know, Tom Brady's getting back Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, you know, Russell Gage is a pretty good player. He's getting healthier, you know, Leonard Fournette, right. all that stuff. Like they got dudes. You know, we're hoping for the best with like <laughs> Romeo Dobbs, who I like, and Alan Lazard, you know, with with Aaron Rodgers and you know, you just look at the the structure of the offense, right? Like that. That's one thing too that Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, from like a a pass rate uh, perspective, like yeah. they don't they didn't look great in the first couple couple of weeks. Like their neutral pass rate had really cratered. Well, it's like no kidding. They were throwing a Cole Beasley who retired today. <laughs> you know, they were throwing a like Scotty Miller right. or whatever. Um, right. So on the season, they rank like twenty second in pass rate over expectation. Um, the Packers are 28th in neutral pass rate. Like they're never, they're just not going to be a throw heavy team this year. I talked never. about this all off season. Like they're going to run a, a boomer esque offense. Like they're going to not, they're not going to totally tank it, but they're like 11th in plays run, but they're just going to, they're going to run the ball a lot. Cause their two best players beyond Aaron Rodgers are AJ Dillon, and Aaron Jones, right? Not in that order. Aaron Jones over AJ Dillon, but still, um, <laughs> and, and now to, to be fair though, I do really like Romeo Dobbs. I think he can play. You know, he's up on the in-season tracker and reception perception. I've been very impressed with him. Um, I, I'm very impressed with the fact that, like, you know, the cute Twitter talking point was, oh, Romeo Dobbs, let that ball, you know, let the ball go in the end zone on that big touchdown. Aaron Rodgers never going to throw to him again. Ha, 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 ha. Give me my likes and retweets. Well, he threw to Aaron, Ro- Aaron Rodgers, threw to him two more times on the, on the game-winning field goal drive. So I think Romeo yeah. Dobbs is still in the circle of trust. And, Look, I don't think Alan Lazard is a is a star or anything like that, but he's he's fine as like a ancillary receiver. He's currently fifth uh, in terms of targets that have gone for a first, like percentage of targets that have gone for a first down. Um, Randall Cobb, actually, by the way, is is the only guy is is right ahead of him too. So I mean, oh that's God, playing with Aaron Rodgers, right? but yeah, <clears throat> Randall Cobb. So I, oh my God, I know Randall Cobb crazy, but so yeah, there's just not that much like to get excited about in green Bay's offense where there is something to get excited about. I think in, in Tampa Bay, uh, to your point. Um, and again, this goes back to, I, I did not like the Packers offense, uh, coming into 2022, especially from a pass, uh, catching standpoint, but you, you look at the history, right. Of Matt LaFleur and, and even going back to when he was the OC, uh, with Tennessee, right? Like he fed Dion Lewis, 155 carries and so but that this is what LaFleur does he runs the ball he Mm -hmm. favors short passing dump offs to the running backs right like this is this is the Mike or Matt LaFleur experience right so um uh but I agree with you in that 
I just look at the overall structure of Green Bay and uh, I'm not trusting it from an overall volume standpoint to help our to, to help Aaron Rodgers kind of go beyond. And again, dude, Aaron Rodgers right now is, is you know, outside the top 20 fantasy quarterbacks, man. No, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, like through four weeks of the season, he is a streamer. Like, this is what you're looking at. This guy is a streamer. So I would just say rip the bandit off. Okay. If you're expecting, you know, top eight production from Aaron Rodgers, you may get that some weeks here and there in good matchups, man. But I don't know. I, I'm not I'm not seeing a big time resurgence from a statistical standpoint for Aaron Rodgers, who, oh, by the way, I think he's actually playing really good real life football. Much to my surprise. I, honestly, I mean, like, think about the injuries he has dealt with early season to the offensive line. Um, mm-hmm. injuries to his pass catchers. And I just have been extremely impressed uh, with how well Aaron Rodgers played given those tough circumstances. He was not great in week in this past week against the Patriots early in that game. He came back and had a, had a good game, but early on it was definitely a struggle to the point that like, you know, um, shout out to Aaron Nagler, you know, wears his green and gold uh, heart on his sleeve. Yeah. Um, you know, he had a bunch of dudes in his mentions, like it's time for Jordan love, like bring the Jordan love air. I'm like, you people should be, should be just shot into the sun. Give me a break with, <laughs> with how, how you were so spoiled. What? It's ridiculous. But I yeah, know. from a fantasy perspective, Packers privilege, Packers privilege, dude, give the me a worst. break anyway. So yeah, I've dropped Rogers to quarterback tier four. Um, you know, he's ranked in the same tier as guys like Derek Carr, Kirk cousins, uh, Carson Wentz, Dak Prescott, um, I'm about to bump Gino and up to this, this year, you know, Dak yeah. will obviously be better when yeah. he gets in there, you know? Um, so yeah, I think he could still be, he, he could still be rostered for sure. Uh, and he's just in streaming consideration. I agree with you. Like I don't want to ride Derek Carr as a QB one every single week, I, but like I'd rather ride Trevor Lawrence as a QB one or a guy like Tua when he gets back out there, even, Oh my God, I hate Russell Wilson this year for, for, for this offense, but I, I'd rather play Russell Wilson every single week than Aaron. <laughs> I actually don't even know if I love that. So yeah, yeah not, there's a huge drop off after QB seven. And I think Brady can still file into the, the group that you're, you're trusting every single week, despite okay. witchcraft. I don't <laughs> think Aaron Rodgers, who's also in, into some weird stuff. I, know. I don't know that it we, yeah. So there's a lot of, there's a couple Rogers. of men, you know, a couple of men going through their midlife crisis, going through relationship, yeah. bra- big Jeez. relationship breakups and like changing their appearance and, and, oh and my uh, God. getting into weird stuff, man. That's a, Hey, happens yeah. to all of us. Huh? <clears throat> I, I, I don't know. Does it I, not, <laughs> not, not well, sure. not me, but you know, whatever. maybe if you have I the means, I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure. Well, I can't talk. I mean, about the, some of the Brady stuff. Cause uh, you know, I got to, Go get my tarot cards read here in a couple of minutes. <laughs> <my> wife, so. <laughs> that being said, your wife, a, 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 a beautiful person and a beautiful soul, but, but sir, I don't think she would consider herself a witch. You know, I don't think she's out there no. casting spells no, 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 no. for you, Matt. Okay. No, definitely not. Uh, despite the, you know, pretty solid career success so far. I, Tom Brady apparently owes all of his success in the back parts of his uh, <laughs> career to witchcraft. I, I'm a, I just, you know, I'm a hand in the dirt, hardworking guy. <laughs> there you go. Lunch pail, bring in Matt Harmon. All right. So there you go. Uh, great show. Uh, I hope everyone has a great week five, man. It's do or die time here for, uh, for, for those of us, for those of us 
that are one and three or oh and four, man. It is do or die. Speak time, for yourself. Man. Let's go. I know. I know. I know. Um, anyways, everyone have a great week five. Uh, we appreciate the support. Like and subscribe. Rate the show. Go to receptionperception.com. Um, by the way, if you do like and subscribe, let us know, man. Um, let us know on Twitter. Let us know on social media. And we're going to be actually doling out a free subscription uh, to one of our subscribers very, very shortly here. Sometime next week, I believe, is what we're going to do. So anyways, in the meantime, everyone have a great week five. We will see you.